0: Shalom Rabbi Yisai I hope that everybody's doing well with their prep, final preparations for the Hag of Pesach With Hashem in about 48 hours we'll be sitting by the uh HaSeder Rima Saffer B'Tzis and amuna and Hashkoch Hashem. and being that we're so close to Pesach it would, would probably be appropriate to share a few words in order to be able to <coughs> gain something during the Chag. We know that Pesach is referred to with a bunch of names. Zman Cheresenu, it's, man cheresenu, it's the time of freedom. <coughs> we know that it's referred to as Chag HaPesach, Chag and We understand why it's called Zman Cheresenu, because we uh, were free during that point. We became the Am, the Am of Qal Yisrael. And we understand why it's called Chag HaPesach, Chag But why do we have these two names of Chag and Chag That's the two names of Pesach that we're going to focus on right now. Why it was important that we refer to Pesach as Chag and Chag So I once saw in the Haggadah of Chazayin Vadja Yosef that Haggadah, that he brings the following answer to that question. Why we have a Chag and Chagamatz Chagav talks about when the the fact that the Malach <coughs> passed over our houses and then we bring the carbon Pesach and <coughs> we're, you know referring to the Gulan Chagamatz talks about the matz. Why well, do refer to both? So he, he brings a marshal from the Sefer <coughs> El Hamalui, who says the following marshal. The marshal, the king. They went out with a number of his officers and servants. They went out, you know, for a little bit of of, uh, enjoyment. They went hunting a little bit. When they come out to the fields, he meets up with a young shepherd that's blowing his flute, sitting there with his shepherd clothes and blowing his flute. And he starts to talk with him a little bit. He starts to realize that this shepherd is very, very, very intelligent. Very very alert and very, 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 very smart and very, you know, he has very shrewd. Until one point, you know, he says, you know, come with me. He brings him home to his palace and then he starts to groom him a little bit to try to, you know, teach him what it means to be in a royal palace, to be able to refine him and to make him more, um, you know, more acceptable to be living inside the king's palace, to make him more acceptable from the view of the king's palace. And then he starts to, you know, let him live, live there to be there. And within time, everybody's amazed with his insights and his chachma and all his ideas. That slowly but surely, he decides that this is the perfect man for me to appoint as the treasurer of my estate. He's going to be in charge of the decisions, what has to do with all the money of the entire kingdom. And everybody was very, very happy with this new treasurer he the people the, the citizens of the country which the king was the king of were happy about the fact that he gave them different reductions in the taxes and everyone was happy with his honesty with his with his uh, integrity and his wisdom and he started to move up and up and up and up and up in, in, in the uh, you know eyes of the king and everybody was extremely. Uh, you know impressed with him however there were some other officers and ministers that were servants of the king and they were by the king for many years that had <coughs> that had um, seniority and they resented him and there was one specific uh you know officer that resented him very very much and he started to badmouth this uh chef this uh this treasurer and started to let the king think that he was uh, stealing money from him. That forever, All the money that he was bringing in for the king, he was keeping a lot of money for himself. And the king would say, how could it be? It's not true. He would listen to them. At one point, the king calls in this treasurer, and he says, listen, this is what they're accusing him of. And he sits down with the treasurer, and they start to go through all the different chashbites uh, with everything, and the treasurer answers up for each thing where it's very clear that he's not uh, stealing anything. But this officer who was jealous of him, that was upset, he didn't give up. And he went over to the king and he said, listen, I don't know what he's doing here on the papers and things like that, but I'm just telling you, if you if you take a look, if you look in his house, you'll see he's got loads and loads of money over there and he's really, really taking a lot away from the king. Trust me, you're making a mistake by keeping him here. Until he, comes, he tells him, listen, if you take my advice, we're gonna play. We're gonna pay now a surprise visit now to his house where well, he's not expecting us. Here you called him down. He had what to answer up to you about every little thing. You make a surprise visit where you're gonna to come to his house and you're gonna. You know he doesn't have what to answer. You'll see. We'll find what we want over there. So the king accepts the what this person said, and he goes together with the other officers, and they come to the house. And they check the whole house, and they see he lives in a very simple house, no fancy furniture, nothing too fancy over there. And the king is about to go, until finally, when they come down to a certain hallway, they start to realize at the end over there, there's a door that's locked up. And the officers say, let's let's open this up. And then all of a sudden, this this, uh, treasurer starts getting really, really, really uh, uncomfortable. And he bends down to the king and he says, Please, your majesty, you know, I, I, I'm I telling you there's no money over there. Trust me, it's very, very embarrassing for, have to, for me to have to open up this room and to be able to, to show you what's inside this room. Please don't make me open up the door. So at that point, everybody became very suspicious. that Oh no, it seems like maybe something is shady over here. So they forced him to open up the door. They open up the door and they walk inside and they see an empty room, the table, On the table is a shepherd's bag, with the clothing of a shepherd, and a flute. And they look at him, they look at this uh, desk, this table with all these things here, and they're like confused. He says, I told you not, it's going to be very embarrassing for me to have to to take you in here. I really don't, there's no money here, you see, but the king asks him to explain what this is. He says, I'll tell you, I once used to be a simple shepherd, very simple person, and for whatever reason, I found fame in your eyes. For a reason, I saw that mm-hmm. Hashem helped me find favor in your eyes. And as a result of that, I was taken into your estate and given a given very prestigious position. But I was afraid of getting caught up with being prestigious and being so important that I would forget and be thankful to the, to the one above for, for bringing me out of that situation and helping me and bring me, bring me to here. So every single day, I come in here and I put on my shepherd's clothes and I hold on to the shepherd's bag and I, and I start to play my flute just to remind myself that as much as I became prestigious and as much as I have such a special position right now, I was once a shepherd and only a shepherd. And therefore, I will always be able to remind myself to be to be thankful to the one above for giving me this opportunity. Because I was afraid I'd forget and get caught away in my haughtiness and forget to be thankful. Explains the Ravaji Yosef. The Claudius Yisrael went from being a nation that was slaves, we were a broken nation in the and we were taken out and with the took us out of And he took us out with a strong hand, miracles, and all different powerful things that happened during the time of Isaiah and Kyus And therefore when we had that geula, that special thing that we were made so glory we came out with such glory, there's always room for us to forget. So therefore we have to remember. We have to remind ourselves that we once used to be slaves and that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim and made us into the Yamashem. So That's the tool of shyness of Chagat Pesach and Chagamatzas. Chaga that reminds us of the idea of us being freed and taken out of Mitzrayim and becoming the Yamashem and the Geula, the Pesach, of going out. When we get when we just remember that and how we became the Amashem and we forget where we came from, that's a dangerous thing because we can we can go ahead and we can we can forget Hashem. Therefore that's why we have to bring in the Khagamatzis, because the matzas wasn't just what we ate on the way out of Mitzrayim. Hagamatsis is what we ate in Mitzrayim. like we say, by the the halach the of the This is the Lach Anya, the poor man's beverage with the matzah that our fathers ate in Mitzrayim because they used to feed that to the slaves. and it's trying because it was very economical. It was something that kept them... It took a long time for it to digest. And, you know, it didn't cost a lot to... And now it costs a lot because we have the, all the hummus that we have to have for it. But then it didn't cost a lot of money just to put some flour and water together and make some crackers for them, for, for them to be able to eat. And therefore, that reminded us of the slaver that we once were, that we once were slaves. And that way we'll be able to appreciate over and over and over again that Hashem took us out of that situation and made us into the Yom Hashem. Now there's a reason why we have to be very careful about, about not getting caught, away, caught up with ourselves. And maybe in the general sense, there's a reason why it's important for us not to get caught up with ourselves. And maybe even something specifically for Pesach, why it's important for us not to get caught up with ourselves. The like Gemara and Saita, you know, they started Daf Yomi, they started Saita in the Meretz Israel. <laughs> Daf today is Daf Hey, and Daf Hey, the Gemara says over there. Rav Chista, Itev my Ma'ukva. Rav Chista says, and some say it's my Ukfa, call Adam gasa any person that's filled with Gaiva with hardiness. Amakarish bahu ain ani vahu who la We both can't live in the same place together. Shanema, he quotes a pasuk. In Tehillim, in the Kapitel Kuf Aleph. Kapitel Kuf Aleph, Pasuk K. The Pasuk <clears throat> says, Somebody who slanders his friend in secret, right? You know, in a secret way, he goes and talks badly about his friend, speaks, I him know about his friend. That person I'll cut down. It will simply be down. Va the persons Hori with his eyes and he has a big white heart and he thinks a lot about himself i him i can't I can't bear such a person I can't deal with such a person so Mardashan instead of saying i say him I can't bear with him in the world I can't live together with him in the same world. worldshpohu says if a person is a aboutgaivash says. And this person can't be together in the same world together. There's a dangerous thing when a person comes to, to the massive of gaiva. Now, why is that? Why is what's what's what could be possibly one of the reasons why a person a person a karsbach yeah, when a person can't be in the world together. The whole purpose of a yid who spoke about this poem time is being a yehudi. Yehudi, Yehuda, Yehudi is the idea of admitting. And showing thanks to what we have. And we can only admit and show thanks to something if we don't get, get caught up with ourselves of who we are. When we realize where we came from, what we have to be thankful for, then that holds a person back from becoming becoming haughty. that's something which is specifically important for Pesach. You know, in the Haggadah, by the Haggadah, after we after we finish the and the Gemara goes on. The Dagada goes on to dash in four psukim, four psukim in Parshas Kisavai, which we take each pasik and we, we we give the drushes each word for word, explaining what it's trying to hint to. And one pasik talks about Klai Israel's Yevida going down to Mitzrayim. One Pasik talks about the Sheba, the slavery that they had in Mitzrayim. One one Pasuk talks about the Tza'aka, the crying out that they had to Hashem. Took out of Mitzrayim, and one Pesach talks about the Gula, the redemption of them going out. And we take each Pesach and we dash in each one, uh, you know, connecting things having to do with CPCS Pesach Mitzrayim. Now, Pesach Kisavay, those Pesachim are in Pesach What is that parasha talking about, the part of the parasha talking about where these Pesachim are found? In the Mitzvah of Bikurim. In the Mitzvah of Bikurim, when a person plants his uh, uh, fruits of the Shiva Saminim, and his first various first fruits, he has to bring them to the Maqam and give them to the Kayin. and that's the mitzvah of Bikurim. There's a whole big procession that's done, and you know uh, everything made beautiful and and decorated. And when he comes, he has to declare these p'sukim, uh to in front of in front of the Maqam Mikdash. He has to he has to mention these psukim, showing his thanks to Hakadosh Baruch for these first fruits that he was able to. Um, you know, they're able to grow on this tree. Now, the whole idea of, of that is Akkar Asataif. Now, why do we pick the psukkah that we're going to Darshan for the Haggadah on Lel Seder from psukkah Moshe and Parshus Kisavai by the Bikur, by the Visavi Bikur, which is showing Akkar Explains with Chaim Friedlander because that's the theme of the Tsipitsi Asmatraim. The whole idea of the Tsipitsi Asmatraim, the whole idea of Pesach is just remembering where we came from. Who we were and what could have have happened had we not come out of shy. And what would have turned what we would have turned out to have we not come out, we would have been the Hamashem, we wouldn't have gotten the turn. And we go through the stages of He has to imagine every person has to imagine as if he's going out of Srayim now and reliving the experience and realizing, yeah, Zara, right? At first we were that we were slaves. And that we came to the point we were able to come to the Geula of coming out of Mitzrayim and we appreciate that and we realize that that winds up being the Chazak and connecting ourselves with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and bringing us closer to his Torah And therefore, if a person is missing that, that, that um, character trait of HaKadosh Hu, if he's caught up with himself, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that person, is no room for that person in the world. He's missing the whole purpose. Rez Hashem. It's a shaman, about forty eight hours. We have the chance for for that chance in the Hazakhassaus and Armuna to be able to be able to to go back to our roots and start to think to ourselves of where we were and where we where we came to and where we need to go, where we need to go further. And not and to take advantage of that. Yeah, we're all tired from all the preparations all busy and sometimes you know we think to ourselves you know especially for those that have a second Seder and Eretz so we only have one Seder so we try to maximize the most out of it but sometimes we think oh I have a second Seder, I'll wake it up tomorrow night. No, no no take advantage of that Seder. It's a tremendous experience, Lila Seder. And a person just spends that time realizing the how fortunate we are that we became the Amashem, that we have the Torah, that we have the erection of life and that's to take us with us and we'll come to we talk about that gula, Bez Hashem. It should be a, a help for us, Bez Hashem, to come to the gula Shleimer, and Meher of Yemenu, Everyone should have a chakrash of a saneach, good, a good Shabbos, Shabbos uh, chalomite, and the Bez Hashem hopefully will be able to send something out for Shvishel Pesach. Everyone should be well, called to